hours ago. <laughs> and uh, it was just something about that phone call that just troubled me. And uh, I've been wrestling with it ever since I got the phone call. And I've got a busting headache right now because of that phone call. <laughs> amen. Trying to, amen, sort it all out. But God knows, amen, God knows all that we can take. He said he wouldn't put more on us than we can bear. Hallelujah. So I'm just going to press on this morning and do my best. Hallelujah. To share with you the Word of God. I think it was Johnny James that said at a minister's meeting where he was training young ministers to preach. I think it was him, at least I remember hearing uh, the story, and I believe it was about him. He told all of those young ministers in that uh, meeting, he said every preacher that goes to the pulpit needs to read at least one passage of Scripture so that those that listen to him cannot go home and say, I didn't hear the word today. you got to read one verse of Scripture. His stipulation was to the ministers, when you go to the pulpit, you need to read at least one verse of Scripture. <laughs> well, if that's the case, I'm going to read to you a whole revival, a whole week of revival scriptures. I'm going to do it right off the bat, get all of my reading, or most of my reading done up front here, the scriptures that I want to use. And uh, I've never taken the approach of a lot of preachers. I, you know, I, I've never taken the approach that I wanted to hold a congregation in mystery until the very end of a, of, of a sermon. Praise God. A lot of preachers use that, that technique, and they're, they're real good at it. And they're real famous for it, and they're preaching all of the big meetings. So that's maybe why I'm not preaching any of the big meetings, because I don't try to hold you in mystery throughout a whole message until the very last amen of the sermon. Praise God. And then let you in on what the sermon was all about. Praise God. Just not, amen, my nature. And my process, praise God, the Bible is, uh, amen, written for the simple. Praise God, the gospel is simple. The message is simple. We don't need to try to create more mysteries than are already in the Word of God. We need to be trying to clarify the mysteries that are in there and not trying to create more mysteries. <laughs> so it's just who I am and what I'm all about here today. So I'm going to read these verses of Scripture to you. Be patient with me. Let me read them. You'll see pretty quickly what my message is going to be about this morning. But nevertheless, it is necessary that I read these verses of Scripture. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert. And he came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why this bush is not burnt. It's a mystery. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the 
midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. He said, here am I. And he said, draw nigh, draw not nigh thither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet for the place wherein thou standest is holy ground. Somebody say holy ground. You can be seated this morning. Let me read on. Exodus chapter 40 and verse 38. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and a fire was on it by night. In the sight of all of the house of Israel, throughout, throughout all of their journeys, the fire was there throughout all of their journeys. Let's go to 1 Kings 22 and 24. But Zedekiah, the son of Shenaniah, went near, and he smote Micaiah on the cheek, and he said, Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me? I'm sorry I wrote down the wrong verse of Scripture there, sister. Let's go to the next one. Praise God. Psalms 39 and verse 3. My heart was hot within me while I was musing. The fire burned. Amen. Then spake I with my tongue. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to Isaiah 31 and 9. Most of these verses of Scripture just pertain to one verse of Scripture. And he shall pass over to his stronghold for fear, and his princes shall be afraid for the ensign, saith the Lord, whose fire is in Zion, and his furnace is in Jerusalem. Daniel chapter 3, verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. And the princes and the governors and the captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whom the bodies of the fire had no power. Nor was their hair or their head singed, neither were their coats changed, for the smell of smoke had passed on them. Amen. Nor the smell of smoke had passed on them. Praise God. Malachi chapter 3. I think I'm reading seven different passages of Scripture here. So that's a whole revival in one sermon. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Amen. And the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come into his temple. Amen. Even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord. Praise God. Amen. But who may abide in the day of his coming? Who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is a refiner's fire. Amen. He is a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering of righteousness. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's obvious to you as well as it is to me this morning, amen, that I want to talk about fire just a little bit this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Fire has always had a mysterious nature about it. Hallelujah. Fire is the invisible, is the invisible effects of the process called combustion. Hallelujah. Fire produces flame. Amen. Fire produces flame. Amen, which consists primarily of carbon dioxide, water vapor, oxygen, and nitrogen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We know that fire can be very destructive. Praise God. Hallelujah. In the, in, in the, the country of Australia, in 2019, they lost over 48 
million acres, amen, to fires in 2019. In Canada, they lost over 2 million acres of forest to fires in 2019. In California alone, amen, they lost over 260,000 acres of forest, amen, to the effects of fires that burned in these locations, amen, last year. Praise God. Yet, Amen. In spite of all of these fires, amen, burning all of these forests and trees, amen, seemingly, amen, destroying nature, praise God, hallelujah, amen. Yet in, in, in the face of the destruction that the fires brought, amen, somehow fire has a positive effect, amen, on the ecological system around the globe, praise God, hallelujah. How can that be? How can that be, preacher? How can fire be so destructive? Amen. But yet have a positive effect. Amen. On nature. Hallelujah. Amen. We know and we understand today. Amen. That once a fire hits a forest and consumes everything in its path. Amen. It creates not only destruction of the forest that was there, but it also creates new growth that springs up in that forest as well. Amen. Not just in the forest. I want you to understand what I just said means something to the message today. Fire creates and stimulates new growth. Not just in the forest, but in our hearts and in our souls. Amen. When we ride through Gatlinburg today, Gatlinburg is proof, amen, of what I want to say here today. Hallelujah. Fire, even as destructive as it is, we all know that Gatlinburg suffered a fire a few years ago. Hallelujah. Amen. It destroyed many homes, many businesses, many trees and mountainsides left bare up there after that destructive fire of a few years ago. Hallelujah. Amen. So fire does destroy, amen, forests and trees and buildings, hallelujah, amen. But also, amen, fire creates in human beings a desire to rebuild. Fire creates within the human nature, amen, hallelujah, to rebuild, Amen. After the fire, hallelujah, or because of the fire, amen, the fire, amen, makes human beings, amen, determined to rebuild, hallelujah. A few years ago, we know that that fire swept through those mountains, hallelujah. If you ride through Gatlinburg today, amen, there is new construction going on all over those mountains. They've already replaced a lot of the homes and a lot of the businesses and a lot of the buildings. And, amen, including that, hallelujah, they are also building. They are also building in places where there never were buildings up there before. Hallelujah. There are cabins that are being built all over the mountains around Gatlinburg. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because there's something about human nature that says, hallelujah, we're not going, amen, to be burned out. We're not going to be, amen, stopped by any fire, hallelujah, amen, the same fire that destroys stuff, amen, also creates in us a desire to rebuild, a rebuilding, hallelujah, and the evidence is there in and around Gatlinburg, praise God, 
fire inspires us. Even if it, natural fire inspires the natural human race. What inspires us today? What inspires us today? Amen. Yet, amen, the destruction of these fires somehow have a positive effect on the ecological system around the globe. Fire stimulates growth. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says a lot about fire. In fact, the word fire is mentioned 549 times, amen, in Scripture. Praise God. A lot of those Scriptures are talking about natural fire this morning. Hallelujah. Some of those Scriptures talk about spiritual fire, and there are a lot of similarities between natural fire and spiritual fire. Hallelujah. But they are obviously, amen, they are obviously two different stories, amen, to talk about this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. And even though I'm going to talk about some natural effects of fire. Hallelujah. I want us to focus our attention on the spiritual effects of fire. The scriptures that I read to you this morning, hallelujah, amen, those seven or eight different passages of scripture that I read to you this morning, amen, primarily deal with spiritual fire. Hallelujah. I want to make just a few brief comments about those scriptures that I've already read. In Exodus chapter 2, I want to call that fire Moses' fire. Because Moses was the prime subject, amen, that was there on that day that he saw that fire in the desert. Hallelujah. Amen. What can we learn from Moses' fire? The fire that, amen, was seen in the bush. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, first of all, we know that it was a spiritual fire and not a natural fire because it did not consume, amen, the vessel that it was burning in. It was a spiritual fire. Hallelujah. We've learned by that, amen, little story of Moses that fire, amen, is an attractant. Praise God. Hallelujah. Fire, amen, gets our attention in a natural way. Hallelujah. Let somebody's house catch on fire and the neighbors for miles around, amen, will come flocking there to see what's going on. Hallelujah. Natural fire is an attractant. Amen. But spiritual fire is an attractant as well. Hallelujah. Amen. It was through that fire in the book. Amen. That God got Moses' attention. Hallelujah. It was the fire that drew Moses near. Amen. Not knowing when he first started in the direction of that fire. Amen. That he was drawing closer and closer and closer to God. Hallelujah. Amen. It was when he got very close to the fire. Amen. That he realized there was something different about this fire. Amen. The bush was not consumed. Hallelujah. Amen. And then all of a sudden he heard the voice of God come forth. The voice of God came forth from the fire. Amen. Moses didn't hear that voice until he got near. That's important. That's important. You hear, you want to hear from God. You might need to draw nigh unto God. You want to hear from God. You need answers from God. Hallelujah. Don't stand a long way away from the fire. Hallelujah. You need to get up close to the fire. Praise God. Hallelujah. I tell you, I built a fire for the first time in our fireplace at the house the other day, and I, I was sitting there and reading a book, and I got up and I backed up to that fire, and after about five minutes, I said, man, I have just ruined my reading for the rest of the day. That fire felt so good. 
I backed up to it for a while, and I turned around to it for a while, and I backed up to it for a while, and I spent about 30 minutes. I, I forgot about the book I was reading. That fire felt so good. Hallelujah. Fire, amen, can feel so good. Hallelujah. Fire can feel so good. Hallelujah. Amen. But Moses didn't hear the voice of God until he got, amen, close to the fire. The fire, amen, purified the location. Hear me. Amen. The fire, the, the fire purified, amen, the location where Moses was standing. Hallelujah. Amen. It went from being a desert place. Hallelujah. All of a sudden, Moses standing next to the fire. Amen. The voice of God comes out and Moses said, hey, don't come no closer. Amen. Whatever you do, take off your shoes. Amen. Because where you're standing now is no longer a desert place. Where you're standing right now is no longer a desert place. Amen. You are standing on holy ground. Amen. You talk about a transformation, amen, of a location today. Hallelujah. You know what we need to experience? Amen. We need to experience this sanctuary, amen, becoming a holy place. Come on. This ain't just where we sit down. Amen. This ain't where we just come and sit down and hear the man of God preaches his holy ground. Holy ground. Holy ground. Amen. If a desert can go from being a desert to holy ground. Amen. Then padded pews and carpeted buildings. Hallelujah. Amen. Can experience the same transformation. Hallelujah. We'll just come in here and let the fire of God. Amen. Burn in this house. Hallelujah. Amen. God only told Moses to take off his shoes because he was getting close to holy fire. Holy ground. How many men and mostly women have we seen, amen, worshiping God in the power of the Holy Ghost just to sling those high heels off? Sometimes when the Holy Ghost gets to moving in an apostolic church, you might need to keep one eye open because there might be a high heel coming your way. Hallelujah. Amen. There may be somebody's number 12 shoe. Amen. Coming your way because I'm telling you, amen, when the Holy Ghost fire gets a hold to you, amen, you'll start slinging shoes. Hallelujah. Amen. They'll go in every direction because now you are standing on holy ground. Hallelujah. We've seen it over and over and over again. Hallelujah. Amen. And then Exodus chapter 40 and verse 38. Amen. The fire by night. Amen. That followed the children of Israel. Hallelujah. Amen. That fire was there. Amen. For them. Amen. To create warmth and comfort for them. I thought they was in the wilderness. They were in the wilderness. In the wilderness, it gets very hot in the day. In the wilderness, it gets very cold at night. So God created a fire to keep them warm. God created a fire to comfort them. Their comfort was in the fire, folks. The fire kept their enemies away. Amen. What stupid enemy would attack a camp, amen, that had a supernatural fire burning over it? Uh, amen. What enemy would attack a? <laughs> come on, somebody. Amen. What enemy would attack? Amen. Them and try to destroy them. Amen. With a supernatural fire burning over the camp. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's no telling how many. Amen. Enemies' eyes that saw that fire and say, Hey, amen. We better not mess with these people. Amen. We better not mess with these people. 
Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. If we let the fire burn around here, amen, we would create, amen, a protection for us. Oh, all the devil's got to do is walk in here this morning and see that flame of fire. Hallelujah. Oh, and he's going to hightail it out of here every time. Hallelujah. The fire was through them, with them. I pointed it out to you when I read it first. I want to remind you of it. The fire was with them throughout all of their journeys. It didn't leave them. It was there all the way. First Kings chapter 18 and verse 24, I call that Elijah's fire. Elijah's fire was the answer to the problem. Well, Brother Rell, how are we going to know what the answer to the problem was if we don't know what the problem was? You want to know what the problem was? Israel was backslid. Hallelujah. Israel was backslid. They was drifted far away from God. Hallelujah. Amen. But the God that answered by fire made all of them realize, hey, we backed up on God. Amen. We, we, we retreated. We've left. Amen. What we know. Amen. And the way that we know how to live for God. Hallelujah. But when God answered by fire, amen, they made an agreement among them. Hallelujah. Amen. That we're going to worship the God. Amen. Of fire today. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, fire is still the answer. Amen to the backsliders problems hallelujah amen hallelujah the fire is key to revival today amen if we're going to have revival we got to have fire we can't have revival without fire it takes fire to have revival then amen it takes fire to have revival today hallelujah psalms 39 david's fire david's fire was a fire that he said burned inwardly very important point there. Hallelujah. You can't live off somebody else's fire. Amen. You just can't get to somebody else that's on fire and think that you're on fire because you're close to somebody else that's on fire. you got to have that fire inwardly. Praise God. Amen. And that inward fire that David, amen, talked about there. Praise God. Listen. Hallelujah. It gave but David, the boldness to speak up when he needed to. Hallelujah. Amen. He was talking about that fire burning on the inside. And then, then him, amen, having the power to speak. Amen. To speak. Hallelujah. Amen. The fire inspired the voice inside. Amen. To speak. And so, amen. Aren't we glad that David had that inward fire burning? Uh, amen. That made him speak. Hallelujah. Amen. Where that we can now draw strength from all of the psalms that he wrote for us. Hallelujah. And all the songs that he, amen, was inspired to write for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Fire on the tongue. Fire on the tongue. You get that fire on your tongue, you won't shut up when people's telling lies around you. You'll just look at them and say, that's a lie. No need to, they don't need to go on with that story. That story is just a lie. <laughs> he give you the, it'll give you boldness. 
the fire inwardly will give you boldness to speak up when you need to speak up. Amen. Isaiah 31 and 9, Isaiah's fire. Hallelujah. Isaiah said the fire was to always be burning in Zion. Hallelujah. Amen. And I don't have to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Amen. Zion was, amen, an Old Testament type and shadow of the church today. Hallelujah. So where's the fire burning? Where is it supposed to always be burning? Amen. The fire of God is supposed to always be burning in the house of God. Hallelujah. Daniel 3 and 27, the fire of the three Hebrew boys. The story leaves us, this story leaves us with the impression, amen, the fire of God on the inside is greater than any fire of opposition on the outside. The fourth man in the fire. Amen, the fire of determination that those boys had to say, hey, Amen, King, look, amen, we're not even going to hesitate to answer you on these things. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're not going to do those things. We're not going to bow down to your music. We're not going to bow down to your idol. We're not going to do, amen, any of the things that you want us to do. There was a fire on the inside of those boys. Hallelujah. Amen. That stirred God so much that he came down. Amen. Hallelujah. And I walked among them and their fire and their fire, amen, was greater than the fire that burned in that fiery furnace. Hallelujah. Amen. The fire of God on the inside of us, amen, is greater than any fire of opposition, amen, that we'll ever face. Hallelujah. If you're going to survive, amen, the, the onslaught of hell, amen, it's going to be because of the fire that burns in you. Fire. Somebody say fire. Fire is more powerful than the enemies. Fire is more powerful than our enemies. <laughs> Amen. That's why the Bible says greater is he that is within you. Hallelujah. Than he that's in the world. Our enemies are out there in the world. But we got a greater fire. Amen. Burning down on the inside of us. I forgot to even tell you my title. Ignition. <laughs> Ignition. God ignite a fire at higher praise tabernacle. God ignite a fire at higher praise tabernacle. Hallelujah. Malachi 3, 2, and 3. I call it the refiner's fire. We'll make a few points here. Try to get on down the road. The refiner's fire. The fire purifies impurities out of the sons of God. So if you're here this morning and you got things in you that you know really just ain't right. You're trying to live for God, trying to do the best you can, but you got stuff in there that you hadn't allowed the fire to touch and purify. Hallelujah. I know, you know, we used to sing a song a long time ago, and I can't even, it's talking about open up the secret place of your heart. Somebody tell me the name of the song. Amen. But anyway, it's talking about open up that secret place in your heart. Amen. To where you have never allowed God to go before. Or, you know, you don't allow God to go in that part of your heart today. Hallelujah. A lot of people want to give God a piece of their heart and some of their heart. Hallelujah. Amen. But when the fire is allowed to burn, amen, even in the secret, amen, chambers of our heart. Hallelujah. Amen. That fire will begin to purify things out of us. Hallelujah. Remember the fire was to purify the sons of God. Amen. So some of us need, amen, the power, amen, of the refiner's fire. Amen. Burning in us, burning in those places that we've never really, amen, completely surrendered God. Hallelujah. Amen. Without that fire burning in us, we simply cannot be pure. 
fire is the purifier. Fire is the purifier. Matthew 3 verse 11 says, John the Baptist speaking here, I indeed baptize you with water into repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with what? Somebody read it for me. What's he going to baptize us with? He's going to baptize us with Holy Ghost and with fire. Holy Ghost and with fire. That was John the Baptist speaking of the four. He was the forerunner speaking of Christ when he came. Hallelujah. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The word and, amen, could also be translated into the word even. Amen. Amen. So it could read, amen, that he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost even with fire. Hallelujah. Even with fire. Hallelujah. Why, can't, why are you saying it that way, Brother Rail? Amen. Because I want to say this. Hallelujah. I never felt the fire until I felt the Holy Ghost. Amen. When the Holy Ghost came, it was with fire. Hallelujah. Amen. The Holy Ghost even with fire. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't even know if it's possible to have the Holy Ghost without the fire. Amen. So I look at it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That John was promising us the Holy Ghost even with fire. Amen. John starts talking about baptism we're going to be baptized with. Amen. He makes us to know that it's a spiritual baptism. It is a spiritual fire. Amen. That he's talking about. Hallelujah. Spiritual fire that would ignite our lives. Ignition. Ignition. Amen. You want to be on fire? Hallelujah. You can't be on fire without the fire burning inside. Hallelujah. Amen. The fire will ignite in us. One preacher. I went to the funeral home Friday night. Went, went back to funeral home Saturday to preach a funeral. But in the midst of sitting around talking to folks, I had a guy relate a story to me, just a little simple story. He said, one preacher got up so aggravated over the deadness of his church that he got up one Sunday morning and with a scathing message of rebuke, he raked the congregation over the coals. After he got through raking them over their over the coals because of the deadness of the church, he asked if everyone with the real Holy Ghost would stand up. The man looked at me and said, Brother Norrell, nobody stood up. Nobody stood up. So... I guess the preacher convinced a lot of folks there that day they didn't have the Holy Ghost. Or they didn't have the real Holy Ghost. Let me say this this morning about that. If the fire of God is burning in us the way that it's supposed to burn in us, not even the preacher will be able to convince you that you don't have it. Hallelujah, you hear me? Hey, man, if you got the Holy Ghost burning in you the way that you need the Holy Ghost burning in you, I could get up here and preach to you all evening that you don't have it, and you'll sit there with a smile on your face and say, keep on preaching, preacher, because I know that I got the baptism, amen, of the Holy Ghost burning in my soul. Burning in my soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. That was on a little sticky note that I added to the sermon later on. So, hey, 
Luke chapter 12 and verse, 30, uh, verse 49. Verse 39. Verse 49. Luke 12 and 49 says, I am come to send fire on the earth. And what will I if it already be kindled? Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus was already putting kindling. Amen. To the fire that he started, that he bring to, that he brought to this world. Amen. To build. Hallelujah. Jesus said in that verse of scripture, my purpose, amen, of coming down to this planet is to send fire on this earth. Jesus ain't talking about natural fire here. He's talking about a spiritual fire. And all of those Old Testament scriptures, amen, hallelujah, that we mentioned to you this morning, every one of them, amen, was talking about a spiritual fire, hallelujah, a spiritual fire that every one of us needs today. Every human being needs to be baptized with a fire. Hallelujah. Every human being needs to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. Fire is, say, is the same all over the world, both naturally and spiritually. Hallelujah. It don't matter if you're sitting here this morning, you receive the Holy Ghost, you'll speak in other tongues. Amen. It don't matter if you're sitting in China, in Germany. Amen. In Italy or in France or in Canada or in Mexico. Amen. When the Holy Ghost comes with fire, amen, you will speak in other tongues uh, as the Spirit of God gives you utterance. Amen. Natural fires the same. Spiritual fires the same. The Holy Ghost comes. Amen. With tongues of fire. When the Holy Ghost comes, it comes with tongues of fire. Amen. Jesus didn't just come to fill people in Georgia with a fire. Amen. He came to fill people all over the world with fire. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall be witnesses. Hallelujah. After the Holy Ghost comes upon you, that fire gets to burning in your tongue. and you got to talk about it. Hallelujah. When the Holy Ghost is burning inside of you, you can't help but to talk about it. Amen. That, that Holy Ghost fire consumes you. That Holy Ghost fire is what you live for. Amen. It's what you dream about. It's what you talk about. Hallelujah. So after that Holy Ghost fire comes on you, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. That is written in red. Amen. For all of those that like to say, I don't believe anything that's not written in red, that is written in red in your Bible. Go there and look at it. Hallelujah. It's written in red. Natural fire may be a minute mystery. Hallelujah. And it is. When I sit and look at a fire, it's a mystery to me. Hallelujah. Amen. It really is. Hallelujah. But a spiritual fire is a greater mystery than even natural fire. Why? How do you say that, Brother Ray? Because that fire burns, but it does not consume the vessel that it is burning inside of. We can be red hot and on fire this morning. And our vessels are not going to be consumed. Hallelujah. It burns inside. But it does not destroy the vessels that it's burning in. Hallelujah. I think a lot of people are scared of the Holy Ghost. I think a lot of people are afraid of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. You don't need to be afraid of the Holy Ghost. It ain't going to hurt you. It ain't going to harm you. It ain't going to burn you. It ain't going to upset you. It ain't going to give you, amen, indigestion. You're not going to be burping and belching the Holy Ghost all evening. Huh? It ain't going to give you acid reflux. 
Huh? But you know what? Sometimes that old fire that's burning down in that gut will come right on up those. Amen. That esophagus and come right out that mouth. Hallelujah. Amen. And you'll find yourself speaking in other tongues on a regular basis. Amen. You'll find a prayer language of tongues. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, that you can pray in every day and know, amen, without a shadow of a doubt, that you're on fire with God and for God. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, the day of the Holy, the day of the Holy Ghost fell. I'll read it. There appeared in them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak with other tongues and the Spirit God gave them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues when the Spirit of God gave them utterance. When did that happen? When the, when the fire fell. It fell with the fire. The Holy Ghost fell with fire. Amen. You know what? That makes me to know that Jesus is a promise keeper. He said, I'm going to baptize you, amen, with Holy Ghost and fire. On the day of Pentecost, he kept that promise, amen, because it was a fire that fell, and then the tongues that came forth, amen, that made those believers there know and understand that they had received, amen, a supernatural fire burning on the inside. How do we know God wanted this fire to spread beyond Jerusalem? On the day of Pentecost, there were 18 different dialects represented there that day. And as those people that were originally filled with the power of the Holy Ghost was filled with the Holy Ghost, all of those different dialects, all of those different languages, amen, was spoken in tongues by the, by the original 120 that poured out into the streets, hallelujah, speaking in other tongues, not knowing that they were speaking in dialects and languages, amen, of the rest of the people that were in the streets of Jerusalem on that day. They heard, amen, it spoke in their own language. What does that say to us? Amen, God, amen, that God wanted, amen, that fire to spread and that fire to spread very rapidly, hallelujah, amen, from Jerusalem down to Judea and then into Samaria and then into the uttermost parts of the world. Hallelujah. It was then and is today for everybody. Everybody needs to hear about this fire. I know some of you have heard about this fire for 50 years. Maybe you feel like you don't need to hear about it again. Yeah, you do. We all need to be reminded of that fire. I need to be reminded of that fire. Everybody needs to be, everybody needs to hear about the fire. Hallelujah. I want you to remember a few things here. Fire will stimulate new growth in you. Stimulate new growth in you. Let me check and see who all's in here. All the kids are back there, right? In case I might want to say something a little bit. The word stimulate means to excite, to action, to invigorate, to animate, or to spur on. Hallelujah. If you ever get the Holy Ghost, you're not going to need those monster drinks. <laughs> if you ever get the Holy Ghost, you're not, you're not going to need your monster drinks every morning. Come on now. Hallelujah, you'll wake up with the Lord on your mind. He'll stimulate you, amen, to get up and get about. Hallelujah. This week, 
my, well, this morning even my wife, was had, she had terrible pain in her back all night, wrestling with pain in her back all night. I had pain in my back. Amen. Uh, half of the night, praise God, we're, we're both about worn down to a frazzle here. Praise God, our bodies are about wore out. There's back pain, pain here and there and everywhere. Hallelujah. Amen. But we, amen, we wake up on Sunday morning, praise God, and hallelujah, there's something stimulating about going to church. There's something stimulating, <laughs> hallelujah, that, that makes me want to get out of bed, amen, and get to the house of God, hallelujah, amen. The Holy Ghost will stimulate new growth in you. Should I say it or not? Okay, just Maria said no. <laughs> I won't say it anyway. <laughs> there used to be a couple at Brother Clark's church. Older couple, middle-aged couple. And uh, very rarely did the Holy Ghost move on them. But occasionally, the man would get out there and, boy, he'd, he would cut a, he'd cut a rug, man. He'd get just, whoa, 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 man. He'd be all over the church. That didn't happen often. It happened every once in a while. But when he started getting excited, all of a sudden his wife would get excited. And one day she confessed to the other ladies in the church, said, my husband won't have anything to do with me until he feels the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Is that clean enough, Sister Maria? So when she saw him getting the Holy Ghost, she knew. <laughs> Something happened for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling the truth. Am I telling the truth, Sister Red? She would get beside herself. Woo! He's going to pay some attention to me now. Well, fire does stimulate stuff, right? Hallelujah. If you want to have a good love in your marriage, hallelujah, then you got to have the Holy Ghost fire to stimulate that love, right? Well, that's what she thought anyway. Amen. Remember, fire will stimulate new growth in you. Fire is an attractant. Even after 41 years, fire still attracts me. It will purify any location. Fire is key to revival. Amen. My only hope this morning is to accurately represent the scriptures to you. Build a desire in you to seek after the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you're here and you're seeking after the Holy Ghost, are you asking God to fill you with the Holy Ghost? Amen. And you've asked and you ask and you ask. Hallelujah. For the Holy Ghost, you haven't got it yet. Maybe you need to take the next step. Stop asking and start seeking. The Bible says ask and you receive, but when you ask and don't receive, there's another step you can take. Seek and you will find. I remember when I got baptized in Jesus' name, they told me about the Holy Ghost. I wanted it right off the bat. I wanted the Holy Ghost. And uh, hallelujah. When simply asking for it didn't work, you didn't get it done, I started seeking God with prayer and fasting. Praise God. I, I went on a... I believe that was one of the times that I went on a 10-day fast. It may That may have come along later. I can't remember. But, hey, man, I remember, uh, you know, I, I never fasted in my life. I was a new convert. Praise God. I, I didn't do without food, man. I lived to eat. 
And uh, so when they talked about fasting, I said, okay, I'll, I, I considered that. And I started fasting. And I started praying like I'd never prayed before. Hallelujah. And within four weeks, praise God, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That fire's been burning in me, amen, for 41 years now. It's still burning. It's still stimulating growth. It's still comforting me, still giving me boldness to preach. And it's still the answer to my problems. Hallelujah. The very best that I can do this morning is to tell you, that it is available for you today. That's the best I can do. Amen. If you're here and you ain't got it, then why don't you have it? It's available. It's available for whoever wants it. Amen. The big question this morning is, do you want it? Hallelujah. Do you want it? Do you really want the Holy Ghost? I need to speak in this one, right? This that's not a posture that you're gonna get the Holy Ghost in. If you come to church and you get all relaxed and you cross your legs and you're always looking at your watch, seeing what time it is, wondering when the preacher's gonna shut up so you can go, you ain't gonna get the Holy Ghost. I'm just going to be point blank with you. You ain't going to get the Holy Ghost. You got to do something better than that. You can't sit there all comfortable and relaxed and chilling out, wishing the preacher would hurry up and hush and get the Holy Ghost. You got to get more intense than that. So if you're, a, if you're one that always focusing your attention on time, might help if you took that watch off and put it in your pocket and come to church and quit worrying about time. <laughs> quit thinking about what time is it. Amen. Because you ain't going to get the Holy Ghost singing about what time it is. When you come to church ready and willing to stay after church longer than church, amen, stay all evening if you have to to get it. Hallelujah. Wear everybody out in the house of God. Amen. Trying to help you get it. Then you're going to get the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Then you're going to get the Holy Ghost.
good week. You don't get the Holy Ghost going through your billfold. You don't get the Holy Ghost in your checkbook. You don't even get the Holy Ghost flipping through a songbook that we got rid of a long time ago. Ha <laughs> ha! Because people sit in church and I'm trying to preach to them. They're flipping through the songbook. They're still flipping through the checkbooks. Amen. They're still, amen, looking at what time it is. When's the preacher going to hush so I can go get dinner? Amen. I tell you what I had to do to get the Holy Ghost. I had to give up on dinner. Amen. I had to give up on meat and bread. Hallelujah. And beans and taters. Hallelujah. Amen. For a little while before God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying you got to do that. Amen. But there's certain postures. There's certain postures, hallelujah, that will help you to get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to show you just a couple of postures I've seen people get the Holy Ghost. What posture I'm in right now? You want to really know the truth? This is the posture of worship. When you lay prostrate before God, you are in a posture of worship. Hallelujah, and I've seen them spend a little time there, and God gloriously filled them, amen, with the power of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Amen, I, I can say this for a fact, hallelujah, I've seen a lot of people get the Holy Ghost that way. I've seen more people get the Holy Ghost that came up to the front of the church and lifted their hands up to God and surrendered. This is a posture of praise. Hallelujah. You come up here and start praising God for something that you don't have yet. Amen. Pretty soon you're going to have what you want. Hallelujah. Amen. If you don't have it yet, you come to the front of the church. You can praise God. Amen. Start praising God by faith. Amen. Fulfilling you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've seen more people get the Holy Ghost that way than, amen, prostrate on the floor. But I've seen them both. You may say, Brother Rell, I'm old and I'm crippled and, amen, and I'm not able to stand up that long. Let me tell you something and prove a point to you. You can sit down and worship God. Because what am I doing right now? I'm sitting down, right? Am I worshiping God? No. I can sit down. I can sit down and I can lift my hands and I can Hallelujah, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. That's just several different postures. Hallelujah, that you may have to find yourself in at some time. If you ever want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you ever want that fire to burn inside of you. Come to the music if you would. I got to hush. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's available to you today. I've done my best to represent the word of God in a proper way hallelujah letting you know that there is 
Amen. A fire that is greater than any fire that could ever burn out there in nature. Hallelujah. That there's a fire that burns hotter and brighter. Hallelujah. Amen. And this, this, you know, amen. The thing about natural fires is that men get busy to put those fires out. Men have been busy for many years to put out the fire of revival in the apostolic church or in the church. The thing about the fire that burns in us, it's a fire man can't. Man, men that didn't give it to us, and men can't put out that fire. Hallelujah. You hear me. Somebody needs to hear me. Amen. Some of y'all letting other folks have too much, amen, effect on who you are and what you're supposed to be. Hallelujah. You need to look at those folks and say, get behind me, Satan. Amen. Get behind me, devil. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be on fire for God. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of us need to let, amen, to let, amen, not let anybody talk us out of revival. Men can put out natural fires. They'll send helicopters and they'll send firefighters and, amen, and they'll send planes. Hallelujah. They can, amen, throw water on that fire or throw, amen, powder on that fire. Hallelujah. The devil's been throwing water on us and the devil's been throwing powder on us and hallelujah. The devil's been throwing all kind of stuff at us this year and last year. Hallelujah. But he ain't put the fire out yet. Amen. Because I got a made up mind. Amen. I got a made up mind that the fire is going to burn. The fire is going to burn. The fire is going to burn. All right. God didn't give me this for nothing. God didn't give me this for nothing. I'm not already felt it. If you're here and you don't have it, you already felt that fire. Don't deny it. Don't say you had Don't sit there and say, I don't know what this guy's talking about. Yeah, you do, because you felt it. You felt it while they were singing. You felt it while the choir was singing. You were felt it from the moment, amen, they put hands on that keyboard, amen, and started playing ever since the drummer laid sticks, amen, to those drums, the bass player laid fingers on that bass guitar. The Spirit of God's been moving in this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish somebody would come. I'm just begging, pleading, amen, offering you an opportunity, hallelujah. Amen, listen, why don't we help somebody else out here? Why don't we help somebody that may be a little nervous, a little scared? Why don't we all come to the front? Come on, it's not 1 o'clock yet. Why don't we just all get around the front of the house? Amen, amen, hallelujah, listen. Amen. If you're going to be renewed, amen, getting renewed in the Holy Ghost is just, amen, as important as getting the Holy Ghost initially. Hallelujah. Getting renewed in the Holy Ghost is just as important. Hallelujah. How am I going to be renewed in the Holy Ghost? Come and worship God. Come on, somebody. I'm asking you by faith. I'm asking you by faith just to simply walk up here to the front of the church. Amen. Especially if you don't have the Holy Ghost, throw your head back, throw your hands up and say, God, I want what that preacher's talking about this morning. Amen. I want you to throw your head back, throw your hands up and say, I want what that preacher, amen, is talking about this morning. I want that fire. I need that fire. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Let's sing. Let's sing. Let's sing. Hallelujah. Just like the day of Pentecost, and the Holy Ghost came, they were all in one accord. The body said, "Come on, come 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 on
Ghost Lotters, you'd like to have the Holy Ghost, if you would, move right here to the center. Amen. If you're here, you don't have the Holy Ghost, or, amen, you know you need a renewing in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. If you'll just get right here in the center, amen, we will surround you with people that are on fire for God. Hallelujah. They will begin to pray with you and pray for you. Hallelujah. And we're going to just believe that God is going to gloriously fill you. Amen. With the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Here's one, young guys. Is there anybody else? Come on, preachers. Come on, saints of God.